0: Welcome everyone. My name's Dallas, and this is the place where we talk about food in and around Victoria, B.C. And in today's instance, we're talking about macarons. So I am here at Bon Macaron Patisserie, and I have Chris with me, and Jan. How you guys doing? Good, and you doing very well. Yeah, doing well. So for anyone that doesn't know you two, Jan's one of the owners. Yes, and Chris is are you, are you like the master baker or what's the title?
1: It's uh, head a head chef. chef. Uh, head chef.
2: Okay,
0: are is it bakers for macarons? Would you be a baker?
2: Yeah, to, I mean uh, we yeah. have bakers, but for me he's more than just a baker. Of course, so because yes, we do have bakers, uh, the people in charge of production, just making the shells. Yeah, but Chris's job is a bit more than that. So what? What? Let's start off with the wildest flavor you guys have ever made. Is
0: something that come to mind?
2: We've done uh, it. It depends. Over like one that you tried, the ketchup chips was definitely uh, one on the crazier side. And for people that didn't try that,
0: that was last Canada Day, not not this year, but last year. And so uh, you gave me a few of those to try, and I gave them to one of my friends. And you guys nailed that flavor so much that when I gave it to my friend, like I think her brain exploded because it was so on point with what a ketchup chip would taste like. It kind of had that tang a little bit, you know but it's in the form of a macaron. So it's like when you're looking at it, you wouldn't expect these two things to like collide, but they did. And uh, I don't know how you guys nail the flavors so much like you do.
2: It's a tasting, playing with the different uh, ingredients. Uh,
1: Yeah, no, it's just having fun in the kitchen, I guess. Yeah, and and there's like a whole team of us back there. So it helps to have four or five opinions. You know, everyone kind of puts their input. That's okay. um, yeah, everybody has fairly equal input that we try and That's how we make new flavors.
2: Like there's no recipes for our for all the flavors we come up with. We just decide the combination and then we add a little bit of this, a little bit of that, figure out how we could recreate the flavor, and then we get everybody to taste. And once we agree that it tastes like what we're looking for, that's what we, we go for in the end, same with spicy, same with all the flavors that we do. It's kind of the consensus in the kitchen that will dictate uh, our new flavors. And do people just sort of throw out ideas? Like throughout the day,
0: you might get some inspiration. You're like, oh, we got to try this.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm all, They're always, uh, always writing down flavors. Uh, after we try to do a new one, well, that was pre-COVID. We used to try to do uh, a new one every single week. And so we've been through a fair amount of flavors uh, cuz we've been open now for over 7 years december 2012 because how many so different flavors do you have at any given time in the shop
0: right now we have 37 37 and is was that pre covid was it it was that, was it about the same or was it more
2: yeah maybe a little bit more uh but it's about the same we have uh, about 40 in victoria about 60 in vancouver
0: yeah. So, what's the history with Bon Macaron? So, you said this location opened 2012.
2: Yeah, that's the first one. Yeah, uh, December 2012, and then in uh, August 2015, we opened uh, our kitchen in Kitsilano, and the following month we opened uh, Granville Island uh, Public Market. We have a, a store, just a little booth, uh, in the public market. Yeah, see, that's pretty. Aggressive to do like two of that close. I mean, was that was that planned or no? Like we tried to get into Grenville Island for years, for probably a couple of years, and because it's CHMC, because to get in you need someone to get out. You know, it's this close space. It's it's been it was taking forever. We were not seeing us getting in. And so we decided to, we find a space that would work for us. We signed the lease and two weeks later, Granville Island contacted us to see if we'd still, if we're still interested in having a space there. Okay. So it wasn't planned. It just kind of, no, uh, that's the way it unfolded yeah. and you had to go with it. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's an amazing location and we couldn't pass on it. So.
0: And, and have you so. been here the whole time?
1: No. Uh, I came on board three years ago. Yeah. Just over. Yeah. Just over three years ago.
0: Okay. And what, what's, so what's your backgrounds with macarons? Eating them. Uh, Like a lifelong passion of eating them.
2: Oh, I've been eating them since I'm a kid. Uh, I grew up eating salted caramel macarons uh, from any kind of bakeries in Paris. They've always, uh, they've always existed. It's just that they, they're not avail They were not available in so many flavors like you could only but, Salted caramel, uh, chocolate, vanilla—they're—they're they're classic flavors that have been around uh, for decades. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. For me, I've been a pastry chef for went on thirteen, fifteen years, something like that. I don't remember exactly. Um, we had done them in school, uh, but I didn't really have a huge amount of experience with them. And then when I was living abroad, I lived in Sweden for four or five years, and I had them first there. And they were amazing because um, they were from Paris. And then I had them when I was in Paris. And weirdly, they weren't very good at all because <laughs> uh, I think I had anyways, a particular brand that we're not a huge fans of. And um, came back, I uh, was looking to move to Victoria. I have developed a respiratory allergy to gluten or to flour, I should say. Anyways, and so I was looking for a place that was you know, flower free. I knew macarons were flower free. And I was kind of I was interested in, in working with a lot of different flavors and I knew that they had thirty plus flavors. So I was kinda of keen on joining that and uh, they were looking for somebody and yeah, I kind of lucked into it and then it seems like it's worked out pretty well so far.
0: Oh so, definitely. Like yeah. you were saying, like the, the classic flavors of macarons, there's only a few of them, right?
2: Most places only have a few. Yeah most most places will have uh Let's say maybe eight flavors uh, chocolate, vanilla, coffee, lemon, raspberry, pistachio, caramel. I know nobody's doing ketchup chip flavor. (laughs) They're crazy. And uh, (laughs) for Thanksgiving, we've done turkey cranberry, we've done uh, lox and bagel, we've done, uh, we've done sriracha, we've done, and even in the sweets, we've done some chili ones like with mangoes, we've done, uh, right now we have a strawberry mojito. Do you find that
0: people that come in, like they're very clear, either they like sweet or they like savory? Does it seem like most people have one or the other, or are there quite a few people that like, like both of them?
2: Because I'm a sweet person. People start with sweet and then take the class and discover the savory because we get them to try it in the middle of the class and then come back just for savory. Okay. They'll come back for sweet, but I, I have a lady that just placed an order that took the class and she just wants six six of each savories for next week for a party because when you have 36 flavors you're only picking six you're gonna go with what you know what you like you you know maybe you'll take one a little bit crazy but before you go to the savory one it takes to be a bit more adventurous people and so until they try them they're they're more sweet macro than so. So,
0: so for opening, if we go back to when this place opened, was it always something you wanted to do, like open a macaron shop
2: or? So I, I don't have a kitchen baking background. No. I have a f- kind of a food. I, uh, I came to Canada to finish my business degree at Uvic and I worked in coffee shops, uh, since I'm here as a part-time job when I was a student. And when I graduated, I became the manager of uh, Merchies on government street and they do everything in house. Like absolutely everything that they make is is done in house. They have a French chef and over the years, I really enjoyed spending time with him. And I realized that even though it was only one item throughout the 40 pastries that they were selling, that it was something that had potential like that we could do uh, fairly easily. I wanted to open a business with my good friend because we had already worked together and it was uh, a way to do something different with a fairly limited cost knowledge because it's not 40 different techniques, you know, like a, a full-on bakery, the equipment is easier. So it was a, a mix of, uh, baking interest because I love macarons, always loved them. And, uh, probably will always love them and also uh, a business uh, decision because we thought there was an opportunity to do something different than what already existed in Victoria.
0: And now you guys have that dehydrator, right? Yes. Which now that's going to, I imagine,
2: be able to allow you to
0: do even more crazy stuff than you could have previously.
2: Yes. Yes, definitely. And, uh, our new location in, uh, in Vancouver, we're moving to Granville Island to Cartwright Street. Uh, so we're opening a second location. We're gonna have more space. We're gonna be able to do more, even more creations, more, more cre- tastings, more like.
0: So is that? Are you closing down one of the locations in Vancouver?
2: Yes, we're gonna close down Kitsilano. Okay. And we're gonna move everything to. Everything? So we'll be on, entirely on Granville Island. Yep. And so the idea is to use as much as we already do. And we really push that even further on uh, about using local products, products from the island, from the different vendors of the island. Because uh, over there, you, you have a flavor that's like a uh, uh, Granville Island flavor, right? Sure. Yes, we have uh, about 10 flavors. We have uh, a sake one. We have a maple caramel. I want to try we the have, sake. Uh, well, it's with the artisan sake maker from Granville Island. Oh, really? uh, that, Like we work with each vendor. Uh, oh, no, I need to try to... that. Oh, yeah, no. We'll, uh, we'll have to get you to come over to see us when it's open. We're going to do push macarons to a whole new level. And Chris started creating uh, tasting menus that are going to be amazing. Oh, really? Amazing. So
0: new, new stuff for over there.
1: Yeah, we'll have the opportunity to do... Um... Things are a bit more, are a bit less constrained by what we normally have because they'll be the tastings presumably will be one to three hours depending on the tasting. And so I think we're going to look at doing things a little bit. We don't have to worry so much about having them necessarily on site all the time. It'll be just for that tasting. So, and those are
0: separate from the classes. Yes. Yes. The tastings. These are ones that you yeah. guys have made or something and you bring people in to sort of educate them. And
2: it's going to be to showcase like open face macaron with fresh ingredients, local ingredients, and also how they pair with certain wines, how they pair like the idea with, with cocktails, uh, with beers, with tea, with coffee. Cause macaron can be used in such a diverse way. I feel like yeah. no one is thinking about macarons in that context that
0: you could pair it with so many different things because like for in, for example there's been multiple people that i've talked to that said oh i i they use the word hate even i hate macarons but then they've come and tried what you guys are doing and they, they like you totally just flip them instantly with one macaron and they're like oh those these are actually really good thank you so what, <laughs> what is it what is it that you guys are doing that's different that that like because i have had some that are not good in the past at whatever and you guys do an amazing job so is there something that you can think of that's different
2: that you guys do? I think there's a few things. I think one simple thing, but it's it's to keep things traditional. It's our, our meringues are half almond flour, half icing sugar. You can make it work with making using two-thirds icing sugar, one-third almond flour. It will look exactly the same. Now, when you eat it, it's going to be crunchier. It's going to be sweeter. You have less almond, more sugar. It, it will affect how the macaron tastes for sure. And after it's mostly a question of quality of the ingredients that you use in the fillings. If you use artificial filling, if you open your, your strawberry macaron and your filling is all white, it's an artificial flavor. You can see, if you open ours, you can see the seeds of the strawberries. You can see the, the fresh mint in the, in the mojito. You can like, we actually use real ingredients, uh, my lavender comes from uh, Happy Valley Farm in Michosin. Uh Matcha comes from uh, Jaga Silk. Uh, he'll tell you, uh, Jared will tell you exactly which plant it comes from in Japan. Uh, as much as we can, we try to use uh, good products, quality products, local products, and uh, products that, like, I mean, if, if you come and see the class, I'll show you every product that we use. We don't have secrets. We don't hide the way we do our products.
0: And I was lucky enough to take one of those classes last week. And I got to say, that was really cool. Because like for me, I, even even piping stuff, I'd never done that before. So that was a whole new experience for me. But I love the the way that you guys had, like, you had the whole recipe there. You explained everything very like clearly and concisely. And you made it very fun and very um, interactive. Because I mean, everyone's, you basically, you choose a flavor the group of everyone chooses a flavor and then you all make them. And at the end, you get to leave with a whole bunch of them, but it's a, it's kind of a really good like team building or bonding experience.
2: Oh yeah. That's the idea. Also in Grandville, here, we have a small, small space, but well, pre-COVID we were, we were supposed to have, we have uh, for example, at the end of the year, Christmas parties of offices. We, we have quite a bit of team building event because yes, it's three hours, but you get, we make it in a way that anybody can come. Mate. That didn't feel like three hours. That went by very quickly. And look at your macaron looked amazing for someone that never bite before. I love the big one that I made. Like, Remember yeah, that? Yeah. The monster?
0: <laughs> I messed one of them up and I made two massive pieces. So it worked perfectly. That was the first one I ate afterwards, by the way.
2: We have to say all <laughs> the other ones were much more even than that <laughs> one that was a giant oh, the, one. My, my, my ones at the start were not,
0: those weren't pretty, but I, I slowly was getting sort of the hang of it.
2: Oh yeah, no, yeah. that's why we also get you to make forty, because this way you make eighty shells, you get quite a bit of practice with the piping because it does it does take a little bit of uh, of practice and but our objective is that you're able to actually make it at home and that you bring us one someday. Yeah, so when someone does make one
0: at home, you mentioned that people could actually make their own recipe or flavors, and uh they could actually bring that to you and you guys would actually th- do that in the shop potentially right
1: oh yeah i mean if it's a uh, so one caveat though because we do get people that often suggest a flavor slightly aggressively we could say when they come into the shop it has to be the recipe as well like we need to uh, it can't just be two flavors combined shouted at us over the uh over the counter i can't just come in and say like combined root beer and chocolate yeah unfortunately no but if you come and you have the filling then we will if you come if you bring us one macaron so
2: that we can actually yeah. try it and the recipe on how you did it. As long as uh, it gets voted, I mean, it, it's gotta be eatable. But we will have it as a feature uh, the following week or the following time. We have a, a new flavor. I'm, I'm still waiting for one of uh, our students to to bring us uh, to bring us one.
0: Has nobody done it? Oh, they, they've done macarons. Yeah,
2: but people are afraid to bring me new flavors or be like, "Hey, here's one new recipe that you." did uh, i've had lots of people sending me pictures trying to make they made chocolate they made vanilla ones you know like the ones that they feel confident with but i have never had someone trying some crazy flavor and then uh bringing it over but we're confident with chris that it's gonna happen one day
0: well there's gotta be somebody out there that's gonna do this i mean if you guys can make ketchup
1: chip flavor somebody's gonna have to try something crazy uh pre covid uh, there was these two 15 year old girls something like that who took the class and uh i'm pretty confident that if if somebody brings us a flavor it's going to be one of them because they were very determined that once they were of age they were going to put us out of business because uh oh really they, they were they were coming for us yeah the challenge was just yeah, the challenge was the challenge was thrown down and i was like well bring one in and we'll see of course yeah i but.
0: just got a flavor in my head that just popped up i don't know why but uh, banana and peanut butter, would that work? Yeah. yeah have, you ever, have you ever had a sandwich with banana and peanut butter? Yeah. My mom yeah. used to make those. And for some reason, I just had that in my head. I don't know. You guys have never done that though, right? We've oh, I don't think... It, I don't
1: know. I, I, I saw know. the recipe in the book, but... Oh, really? You guys have done sure. it? I'm not sure. It might be the yeah, one thing we haven't we, done with peanut butter. If, if we have... If we did it, it was a long
2: time ago. Because yeah. I... I don't really remember it, but okay. But see, that's the great thing with macarons is that you anywhere you go, anything with food, you can th- you can try to pair it with macarons, Whether it's childhood memories, a trip to the supermarket, a uh, uh, dinner at the restaurant, you look at their drink menu, you look at the, even the starter. We have the blue pear; it's blue cheese pear and walnuts. It's it's the salad. Anything can be a source of uh, inspiration. Uh, for flavors is just trying to find something that will kind of work with, uh, when you add a sweetness to it and then trying to tone down a little bit, that sweetness and bring out the other flavors. That must uh, be really
0: exciting. Actually in Vancouver to be able to have those, uh, tasting, uh, events or tasting opportunities to be able to educate people on this stuff.
2: Oh yeah. And for us, it's going to be coming up with uh, new flavors, new New ways because we're gonna do them open face use fresh ingredients, so it opens a whole new so what what's level. what's that so obviously there's no top on that right It's yes. just the bottom and just the the meringue or or the the filling yeah, and then uh I don't know a simple one would be a little slice of tomato, a bowl of bocconcini, a little leaf of basil, a little balsamic glaze, and you just use the macaron as a cracker, for example I see so that 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 allows you to introduce like maybe more
0: toppings per se. Yeah, more and, toppings. And more um, complex or some more complexity. N- more texture.
1: Yeah. Which normally we we struggle a little bit with just because obviously, you know, uh, our biggest, uh, I guess, struggle would be that um, over time the macarons are going to start absorbing moisture. Yeah. And so there's a lot of just ingredients we can't use because we're constrained we need them to have, you know, a shelf life of at least a week or so in the freezer. It definitely has more, but you know.
2: Yeah. We have to make sure that the like that the macarons stay good in your fridge for three days. Uh, there's some products that we can't use, not because they don't work with macarons, but just because we have to pack them. They have to go in a box. I want to make sure that when you arrive home, they're still in the same shape. When you, if you don't eat them and th- like throw them in your fridge and remember only the day after or two days after that they're still going to be good. So we're a bit constrained with this. Whereas if we're doing, if we're serving them to you and you're eating them on the spot, we have way more options. It's a bit the same as, uh, for example, in room dining and takeout, you know, like, you can't have a nice meal properly plated if you if you order it for takeout. It's gonna arrive in a box. Yes, all the ingredients are gonna be there, but you're gonna miss all the show. It's a bit the same there. Like, I see. So is that that sort of the limitation here? Is that um,
0: with the open face ones? Is it you don't have the space, or is it just the the ingredients won't last long enough, or, or what's the why aren't you doing any like anyone here of that?
2: Because they have to be made and eaten pretty much. Okay. So so uh, basically the
0: open face would be something that you would have like for the tasting class and made right away. And you have, you know, there's gonna be 10 people here or whatever. Yeah. And then you make 10 of them and then you get to try it.
2: Yeah. We'll we'll probably even make them during the tasting. Oh yeah, of course. So assemble everything during the tasting so that we can talk about the ingredients, explain everything about it. Uh, And so for people that don't know about this dehydrator that you guys got here. So what does that allow you to do? So it allows us to take any, any fruit and transform it into powder. So it basically removes any moisture, any, any, yeah, any water in it. And so it's not like a dehydrator where like everything is going to be chewy there. If you dehydrate, if you freeze dry a blueberry, it's going to be crunchy. It's going to be
1: a little bowl, uh, crunchy. Yeah. Instead of being dehydrated, it's like concentrated. And so you just get like a really strong, pure flavor. So we find we don't have to put as necessarily as much of something in, in order to sort of still attain that really like raw flavor. We dehydrated lemons. All of a sudden you get this amazing pop of like citrus lemon. And it's not, you know, you're not squeezing five lemons in something to to just get a little bit of... So I
0: guess that's going to allow you guys to sort of stock up on like BC blueberries. Exactly. Do this and then you have it year round. And it's, and it's all local. You don't have to bring something in potentially from somewhere else.
2: Well, you know how we do the Esquimalt Farmers Market. Uh, yep. I'm going to get probably, I emailed them. Uh, we're going to be probably going to get from one of the local vendors, uh, probably sandwich Organics cause they're right next to me, but 20 pounds of, uh, of blueberries. And, uh, yeah, we're going to start stocking up because we freeze dry them, reduce them to powder. Store them in a airtight container and they're good, they're like, for, for months. And, uh, and this way, the idea is to sell it to people down the road so that you can make at home, uh, blueberry, strawberry, whatever macaron without using any artificial product. It's literally just plain strawberries that you're going to add to your buttercream. Oh so people can actually come in and buy those that powder. Not yet. We we're, we're still working on the packaging. It's also Vancouver with the move. We need to add the machine over there so that we're able to produce enough for for the stores plus for production which we use in the macarons. But within a within the next few months a lot of things are going to be changing with uh with Granville coming. That's awesome. And you mentioned the markets.
0: Um you look, did you have something to say on that? Or
1: yeah, no, I was just gonna say it's also gonna allow us to use a lot of ingredients that we've struggled with before. Like tomatoes, we have a hard time getting a really concentrated tomato flavor in there. But if we dehydrate them, turn it into a powder or I guess freeze-dried dehydrate. Um yeah, it's just gonna allow us to do a lot of things. It's like tomato basil, the really common one that springs to mind. You can do it, it's just with the especially with the savory fillings, because we tend to use fillings that have more Moisture in them, we have to be a little bit careful with the balance. And so, this should hopefully open us up, yeah, the opportunity to do a lot more flavors using a lot more ingredients.
0: Like, even with like marshmallow, could you dehydrate or whatever a marshmallow and use that?
1: Yeah.
2: We could do it. Now, we do use marshmallow for one of our flavors because this way it's uh, dairy free. Okay. But we make our own marshmallow. Like, it's not our own. uh, Of course. If you didn't, I'd be disappointed. Everything is made in health here. Everything, everything. So you're not the caramel, the the buttercream, the ganache, the no, all the bases that we use. Uh...
0: So again, that goes probably into the whole aspect of what are you guys doing differently that I asked earlier. Is that you're doing all those extra steps that some people have them, that might skip on or something, right?
2: Probably. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, no. It's important to for us. Uh, we sell one product, so it's always been with uh, with David, with my business partner. It's. Let's try to sell one product and let's try to do it well. You know, rather than having uh, 50 items on the shelf that are okay, let's do one. Let's stick to one and try to do everything we can around it. So, And what's what's the slogan again? An amazing moment in one bite. That's right. I love that so much.
0: Who came up with that?
2: It's me, but it's... See, that's things that... uh, It's like... It's, I was writing a business plan so that we kind of had uh, an idea of where we were going. And, uh, and I don't know. It's kind of the things, you know, like you need ai uh, I can't even remember the term, but that's the thing. Like in the business school, they were like, Oh, you need one sentence to summarize your business. And, and that's, what I, you came know, up that's with? what I came up with.
0: But. Cause I remember you told me that you originally just wanted to call it Bound Macaron, right? And the yes. history part got added when you incorporated or something. Yeah.
2: That's just because it was too generic and they wanted us to have a uh, pâtisserie into it. So, but most people know us as bon macaron. Yeah.
0: But I wish, I, wish a, I could
2: pronounce it like that, but I, I can't, this, unfortunately. Me too. <laughs> there's little things like that because if you see like the loner, the trio, the six pack, it's, it's things that we kept. It's, uh, once again, my business partner the first day who was trying to program our till because we set up our till the day after our first day because we couldn't get it to work before and we we're a bit behind and he didn't know what to put so he decided to instead of put one mac around he named it the loner, and we kept it like that like everybody liked it so seven years later we still called the one mac around the loner. Uh,
0: i like it it's, it's it's a little bit of originality oh that's so it's little it's personality, things uh,
2: right? yeah so there's little things little touches here and there uh, the the bike here was his uh that we repurposed. Uh, yeah, there's a so little what's, touch. Uh, what's
0: the, what's the deal with the bike that you have in the shop here?
2: So normally it's outside. I need to get uh, a new, new bike seat because someone stole it on government street one day. But the idea is to have it. We had it all around last year around downtown. So on the harbor on government street and because you got to see it. It's a low rider. It's a long bike. And if people take a picture on the bike or with the bike, these, and they showed us in the store, they were getting a free macaron. It was just uh, a oh, way really? to do different, a different kind of advertising. And we had a really cool, uh, like big seat
0: on it. And so you just, you just had to park somewhere. You weren't with it. And then you came back and somebody had.
2: Yeah. Every day we would put it in a different place, uh, on government, on, uh, on the harbor, you know, in touristy places. Uh, it was a way for us to do advertising. And it's a, it's a really cool bike. And so.
0: I like that. I, I see that you do have sort of the, the
2: little map on, yeah. that, on the thing there. It was just, uh, he had that bike and we wanted to do something different. So that's cool. And you'd mentioned the markets.
0: So what markets are you guys doing this year? Just, uh, Esquimalt. Just Esquimalt. Cause you last year, was it last year that you were at Oaklands as well? Yes. Is it, or so last year was it, just, was it the
2: two or was it more than that? It was, we, we did the two, but we also did uh, the the, craft fairs yeah but we did a few fairs we did a few things here and there this year we were supposed to be at ogden point
1: and we did uh uptown last year as well they had a market in for all of august i think for yeah, the last two weeks, two weeks yeah. of august was that the
0: one where the where the wind caught up that yes. one day it was crazy then, yeah because chelsea i had her on for the first podcast and her tent flew up and hit somebody that day yeah th- that thing was so were you there that day then
1: yes and uh we were lucky cause they had come around to us about five minutes before that because I saw that happen. Um, and they were like, you know what? You can actually you can take down your tent now because it's getting out of control. And we had already put like a whole bunch of um, our neighbor next to us had a ton of sandbags. Yeah. And so we had ours weighted down like super heavy. But you could see it was like, "Well, oh, this is getting a little bit. It's getting dicey. It's getting a little dicey. And yeah. So.
0: So um what's the markets like now that you can't do the samples? How much harder is it? At a market to try and sell product,
2: it's hard to say because Esquimalt, it's quite old. That's our second year over there. Yeah, and it's a it's a community market. I love that market. Like it's it's regulars that we have every week. They they know us. Most people already know us. So we have boxes pre packaged. Some uh, like some of somebody's the, name on it. No, well, some of them call yes. Like I tell them, I'm like, just give me a call at the shop and I will prepare it and we'll bring it over. Uh, Some of them do that. Otherwise I just have five different boxes. Everything is pre-packaged and you people can choose within the five options. So some of the kids are a bit disappointed because they have one favorite where they would like six of them. But other than that, people, uh, people have been great. No, honestly, it's good to see uh, the same people as last year as it's it's funny. Like I really like that market between the vendors and uh, and the customers. Uh, I can't say enough good of that market. To be honest, I
0: appreciate too there that they uh, the the market itself helps um, the vendors like set up and tear their stuff down.
2: Yeah, they have think- uh, they have uh, volunteers for people that uh, that need. Uh, no, Katrina is doing an amazing job uh, at that market. Uh, Chris did most
1: of it last year. I haven't seen you there this this year. Have you been to any of them? No, uh I'm headed there next week. Are you? Yeah. Tomo- or this, okay. week, sorry. Tomorrow? Tomorrow. <laughs> oh. Um yeah. Uh yeah, uh, and I've been honestly I I've been meaning to to go down. Uh I sort of miss it. Uh, yeah, I loved it last year. It was exactly like Jan said, it's just a real sense of community and everyone's so nice and um, uh, yeah, I there's four or five vendors that I've I've been missing quite a bit, so yeah. uh, I'm excited to get back down to them and support them. What are you missing? Oh, House Sausages. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Mile Zero Coffee, I really like. Yeah, um, they're awesome too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. House have sauce. you
2: have you been to House, uh, to their I new
1: location? I was going to say, they
0: just opened a new location. I went
2: there uh, Saturday. Really? Yeah. yeah. it's, cool. was- it's uh, they, they, they built something. In, their front is really small, like it's just to showcase, but... You can see all the material that they have in the back and every, like the kitchen part. It's impressive. Uh, Did they take the, you back and show you? No, it was just, well, I know the um, they partnered up kind of with uh, a name, guy named Guillaume who has uh, L'Apero, a cheese experience. So he has a cooler in their store and he sells cheese. This way they do cheese and uh cured meat. They like, mentioned
0: this to me that they yeah. had
2: someone that they had sort of partnered with a little bit. Yeah. He's, uh, he's passionate about, uh, about cheese and he has, uh, so he's building up uh, a cheese company, but, uh, so they go well together, but yeah, no, uh, go and check it out. Like, on oh, their Lomo is so good. Uh,
0: they are, they are, um, on the list for the podcast. Oh yeah. So no, they're going to be coming
2: uh, up. Nice. No, Cause, uh, yeah, they're, they're passionate, uh, about their product. And What was the uh, thing you just mentioned that was really good? Lomo? What is that? It's uh, their, some of their cured meat uh, that they sell, like they sell it sliced, uh, okay. thinly sliced. It's, uh, it's like they have pancetta. They have uh, everything is good there. Like
0: <laughs> my, the one that I really like is their They have the um, they have a baker working with them now, and they have those bacon and chocolate chip cookies, and they have the bacon. Um, uh, oh no, butter tarts. So it's got like smoked. Bacon oh, in the butter tarts and those things like will blow your head like brains all over the place just they, like it's i don't even know how they're doing that but it's craziness if you like bacon basically it's it's gonna be your jam <laughs> oh yeah no i don't know i think they were out when i went uh... yeah they sell out pretty good at the start mm-hmm. so the when i get to the market that's the first place i go go get my sweets i eat my dessert first and then i'll go <laughs> to the food trucks and and get something else nice which I, I do appreciate the fact there that they have indecent risotto. Yes, um, they have Farmsgate. I don't know if you've tried their stuff.
2: Uh, la- no, they were sold out last time when I when I wanted to. But I, the problem is because I go alone, or we go. We usually go alone, so it's either oh. we have to make sure that we arrive early so that we can get it before. Yeah. Or if we sell out, or if like no, last time I sold out, but it was the first. I had a little bit of time to go around, but they were already sold out. Is it, uh, is it always the same vendors in the same spots? The food truck varies. No, no, for you guys, like where yes, you are. Yes, pretty much. Because you have,
0: I forget who's beside you. Is it just, uh, Justin?
2: Just those, yeah, Justin from uh, just those Hummus. Uh, yeah, Justin and Eric. And on the other side, uh, it most of the time it's Saanich Organics. Okay, like, like that's right. Strawberries and meat. Yeah, just, it's a good, good group of people there. Oh yeah, like, yeah, we, we have fun. Uh, so
0: with COVID happening, how has that impacted the business for you guys? Like what changes have you had to do? You've obviously, the, the classes, you had to shrink down to like half the size. Um, how has it impacted
2: business and, and everything for you guys? it's uh well, we shut down for just under two months. Yeah, six or seven. Yeah, something like this about, like everybody made the, uh, mid-March till mid-May, something like this. Were you at home, like, trying new recipes? Like, were you itching to get back in, or...? Oh, yeah. um, What we did is uh, we had people could order online mystery boxes uh, of 30 and pick up on Saturday only between 12 and 2. So, I it kept us a tiny little bit busy here and there, you know, but it was not much work and
1: uh yeah no other than that uh yeah we we would meet twice a week for coffee here just to sort of talk over everything see how things were going touch base it was nice to talk to another human that wasn't my partner uh that was driving her crazy and uh yeah just um and then i think i went away for two weeks and i went up to be with my mom for a little bit because she's a tiny bit at risk. And um just wanted to make sure she was set up and everything was taken care of. And she's an amazing cook. And so I was able to just go up there and watch her do her thing and kinda ease back into it and get a little bit inspired. She's always got crazy new ideas and yeah. So does she ever
0: challenge you with an idea? Like you should hey, you should try this? No,
1: hilariously. We're like perfect opposites, kind of. She's amazing in the kitchen. She can't bake or well, she. Claims she can't bake she's not nearly as good as me and i can't hold a candle to what she can cook i wish the the skills were more transmutable but uh yeah but i try and learn every time i'm up there because yeah
0: it's amazing how people that are really good at something like like you know one or the other it just it's amazing to see someone that has a skill set you don't have
1: yeah and be like how are you doing that like it's because they're such opposite though like Baking is basically chemistry, right? Everything has to be quite measured. You do have a little bit of flexibility in how you decide to sort of interpret things, especially flavors. Um, Cooking, it's all about how those flavors are already working. And that completely varies from ingredient to to ingredient. And, you know, baking powder is going to be the same every single time, right? Or hopefully, anyways, that's why it exists. Um, But, you know, tomatoes... They'll be fresh this time. Next time, they're not quite as fresh. And I'm, I'm much more comfortable when you know the recipe says put in X amount of this or Y amount of that. And I watch my mom; she's constantly tasting everything, and then it's like, oh, I need a little of this, a little of that. Well, you know, it's like totally in flux. Yeah. Oh, and just like it's experience. Yeah. And she just does it based on how it's tasted before, how it should taste. She already has sort of a, a a vision in her mind. You know what I mean? And then it's like yeah, sort of bending the ingredients to it. And I, that to me, that just seems like totally the opposite of what you're supposed to do. So I'm like, ah. Yeah.
0: And one thing, as I'm looking behind you guys and I see these big uh, pyramids of macarons you guys have, can somebody order something like that? Nothing's impossible.
2: <laughs> I mean, you, it's I mean, going to be an expensive pyramid, let's be honest.
0: Yeah, of course. But do you, I mean, have you ever done like a big pyramid, not maybe like that or something for for somebody?
2: I've, we've done pyramids like that, with, but without all the deco- already without all the decorations. It's gonna be because uh, those ones are quite a bit more tricky. The ones that we do the most are the ones behind you. Yes, exactly. Those ones are the
0: most common ones. But it's big. And it's, how big can someone order like a pyramid? What are the sizes that you guys can do up to?
2: Those ones go up to two hundred and twenty. Oh wow! So and you I mean, have you had
0: somebody order two hundred twenty?
2: Oh yeah. Like that is fairly common for, for weddings, for events, Uh, because you get, you have to think, uh, we recommend about two to three macarons per person, depending if you have another macro, if you have other desserts with it, like for example, for a wedding, if you have a dessert buffet plus the macarons, uh, one, two macarons is going to be enough. If it's the only dessert, Then more around three macarons. Three macarons will be the same as a a cake slice that you buy in a, in a bakery. And so that's good for about 50 people, 50, 60 people. uh.
0: And you guys are able to do some type of printing on macarons, right? Like some type of design or we can,
2: we can do anything. Like that's why we, it's bon macaron. It's, if you want something in macaron, we can do it. We can print on them. We can print your picture on it. We can write your initial on it. We can draw designs. We can, yeah, we can do literally anything, uh, either through the printer or by just drawing and drawing, uh, on it. And then there's the options of the shapes, like those ones we've done, uh, the little tutorial, I've done a few, a few in the past with every year for Valentine, we do heart shapes, uh. I've done flowers. We've done uh, little footballs for Father's Day. We've oh. done uh, all kinds
1: of shapes. Uh,
2: so
0: the shapes, how much harder is it to do that versus just doing a circle? Is d- it just piping skill? It depends on
1: the shape, really. Um, but yeah, like anything with straight lines is going to be really, really complicated because obviously the piping tip is round. So rounded shapes are a little bit easier. So parts are a bit tricky because they have a point at the end. Um, they're really complicated ones like the octopus and stuff yeah those are we have to usually either hand draw the template or and they're they're quite a bit more complicated i didn't even clue in that on there that octopus is a macaron
0: everything is in yeah I, I, I thought it was just something you bought and put on there
2: over there you have the eagle you have
0: the woodpecker you have okay i'm not i'm obviously not paying attention
1: every I every, love that every, octopus
2: though. <laughs> every decoration in, in any of our stores are going to be made with uh, real macarons and they're fake they're fake in the sense that they're old, that we spray them with food like that there's royal icing in, in them. So don't go and try to eat them. But they, at one point, they're, they're made with uh, the same way that we do the ones that we sell. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the fact, too,
0: that you do have the little small ones as well. Yes. So if, so, some, if somebody wants little small ones, can they order? Because you don't have those all the time, right? Would somebody have to order those if they wanted them?
2: Yeah, we can do it on special orders or usually we have them, uh, around Christmas, around e- well, Easter, this year, they, yeah. we, we missed Easter, well, we but we're going Easter, to have them. Easter, we we're yeah. going to yeah. uh, we have a little bag with a little chick, chick, uh, macarons, where we we're going to do, uh, a few little egg shaped macarons. Uh, and that's, but that's the fun part. Like once again, with macarons between the shapes, the flavors, the colors. Is there any flavors you guys have tried that didn't
0: pan out? Oh, like tons, is, but like, is there one that like you're like why that you've tried multiple times
1: and you just can't get? Or yes, yes. Are we are we gonna say it? which one? There's uh, there's one. Oh, there's that, multiple. Well, there's one that really stands out to me. Uh, we have tried twice with tamarind. Oh because, yeah, there's which is a one <laughs> really fantastic flavor. No, tamarind but, caramel
2: good works yeah. well, but it's also that. It's a bit like the savory. People don't know about it, so when you have to explain already what's the product before you get them to try it, when there's thirty-five other flavors, it's a, uh, it's a bit delicate.
0: I don't. I and I don't know tamarind by itself. I don't know what it tastes like by itself. Like I, I know that like pad thai, you can get like a tamarind-based sauce, but I don't know what it would taste like on its own. So that,
1: but the tamarind caramel is the one that. It has that sour... Yeah, it's sort of got a sour tang. Um, It's actually... And because the buttercream and the shells tend to cut more of the bitterness, so you just get more of sort of the light tang. It's not quite a citrus, but it's pretty close. And um, funnily enough, because we have the food tours that occasionally come through, um, and you get guests from all over the world, and I found that when we would have a lot of Australian guests or South Asian guests super familiar with tamarind because that's I'm assuming where the I'm pretty sure that's the region it comes from. And so then they would be interested in trying it. But like, yeah, I guess people if they don't they don't know, it's just it's hard to inspire people.
2: No, but this one or, made it to the front. There's uh, yeah flavors, especially with herbs. As soon as we try playing with herbs, uh it it, it can go weirdly. There's beers. We've done some Because like, you know how for the ketchup chip, we want the macaron in the end to taste like what we're naming it. It tasted like ketchup chip. This for the beer, it did not taste like beer. It
1: was a sweet,
2: sweet, sweet, sweet beer. It was not
1: working. That was one of those where we just, we couldn't get enough flavor without adding just too much moisture. Yeah. We tried reducing it down. We tried a bunch of different things. And it just, it was like, yeah, it was fighting us very much. Uh, so how long
0: does it usually take? Like, you get an idea for the ones that work. Like, like you let's say you think of the ketchup chip. How long did that take you to, to be able to, like, think of it, and then now it's something you could
1: actually sell? Depends on how complex the flavor is. Like, ketchup chip is quite tricky because there's a bunch of different elements going on, as we discovered, because... Well, I mean, you got that tang in there and, yeah. and everything. It's crazy. Yeah. Um... So that one was a bit more complicated, but normally if we think of something, I don't know, mango, lemonade, you know, so then we're trying to find the balance that we want, you know, uh, yeah, it just, it takes those ones. I think
2: it's more finding the actual combination that we want to do that is going to take quite a bit of time because it's not just finding the combination, it's finding all like a flavor that where is it's not going to be a repeat of all the other flavors. That is something that is different than what we just did. That is, it's also the colors like in yeah. spring we have brighter colors and fall. We have like more fall colors. Like we are always playing with that. So, and we try to have like, if I do a strawberry that is going to be a neon green people or everybody's going to be, why is it neon green? Like it has to be pink or it has like the product and the color has to match. So, we try try to avoid having too many of the same color at the same time, so it's more all those things that make
1: it tricky. Yeah, and, and it also needs to suit the season a little bit. Like we're not going to do s'mores in the dead of winter when nobody's camping. You know, it's going to be a summer flavor. Have you guys ever done like a barbecue one, like like
0: like actual barbecued meat type type of thing? No. Not since I've know. been here, but pork one. Well, did you do a full pork one is that is that possible Could you do
2: like a smoked meat one for a tasting for sure
0: yeah yeah that'd be a, a tasting one
2: yeah yeah because this one you can't put it uh, like you want to you want even eat it a bit hot like if your pork is completely cold then, I want to uh... try
0: one of these tastings so
2: badly I have a feeling
0: like the, the stuff you guys are gonna be doing is insane like it's just gonna be a whole a whole like another experience like people I mean what you do here is crazy but I can imagine once you open up that realm and you can start experimenting with all these all this more complexity it's going to be really crazy. Yeah, that's the point.
2: That's the idea is to show it's really to show uh people what uh, what what we could do with uh, a product uh, that's been around since uh, 1600 or something like this. So you're going to have a big
0: space over on Granville Island specifically
2: like for that. Well, for to produce uh to produce and to host the tastings, the classes, the workshops, those kinds of things. Uh, Do you know how big those are going to be, those tastings? Or how often you're going to do them? I don't know if they're going to, like, I think they're going to be about a dozen people maximum. We don't want to put, we, there might be a little bit more, but we don't want to do it too, too big. The idea, it's a bit like the classes. We we don't want to increase the size too, too much just because we want to make sure that we have time to be with everybody. like to make sure that we can spend a bit of one-on-one time with everybody making sure that they understand everything that if they have questions we actually can answer them properly and not just give them a two seconds answer and then move on so we might keep it uh, small and right now with covid it works uh, works well
1: of course yeah so engaging with people is like for me the most rewarding part of it just having that chance to connect to people talk to them share their interests. Well,
0: everyone's bringing years of their own experience into the room. Oh, yeah. So they're coming at it from a different aspect. Like I thought it was hilarious making that big one. It seemed like, I don't know. I don't think you were the biggest fan,
2: right? Oh, it's just because it's my OCDs. Like for, us, uh, for okay. us, they all have to be perfect. And, all, uh, and yeah, we will make fun of each other. If when we do recipes with two different colors, if we count how many don't match at the end, you know, cause we do recipes of about a couple hundred. Yeah. And so you have to make 200 shells, one color, 200 shells, the other color, and they all have to match. And so your your piping has to be pretty, pretty even if you want exactly all of them to match. And so are so, you, are you each doing one color? Or are you doing
0: like half and half?
2: No, no, we each do half and half, the yeah. whole, half uh, half. the whole okay. uh, thing, but sometimes, uh, I don't know. I'll have to do the the rose and Michi and he'll have to do the watermelon. And at the end, we're like, okay, you had three three macarons mismatch. I had uh, four macarons. You, you know, like we tried to little friendly game. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, coffee's on you. Today. Yeah, it's this. Huh.
0: Yeah, we have fun. What? Do you, what's your favorite flavors? Like, if you had to pick one, do you have a favorite?
2: Salted caramel. Oh, that was easy. It's, I grew up with, it's, uh, it's, I know it's the best seller, but it's the one that we tell everybody to eat. We make our caramel. We sell it even in little jars. And if I have that in my fridge, every time I open the fridge, I'll grab a spoon and have a, just a little bit of it. Uh, so somebody's
0: new to the world, the ma- world of
2: macarons. You would say, come in here and get that one. If you like it. No, because yes. it all depends. No, not for me, because you have people and we have one example that, you know, like they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't like when it's too sweet. What's your favorite macaron? I'm like, mine is salted caramel, but don't grab this one. It's probably one of the sweetest ones we have. Mm. And she ate it, and she was like, "Oh, it was good, but it was really sweet." I'm like, "Well, yes." Like, and she tried. I can't remember yuzu or passion fruit lemon. Oh, or... the yuzu one was so good. yuzu, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So then she was like, "Oh, yeah, that's much better." Yeah. Shout out know. to the yuzu. That's the one I made in the class. There you go. See, yeah, and, and that's why, uh, that's also why it's hard to say which, which one is the best one. Like it, it really depends what you, what you like. But uh, for you personally, it's salted caramel. Oh yeah. Salted caramel, bacon. Uh, that's, uh, what you, wait.
0: Oh yeah. You mean bacon, salted caramel and, the, and bacon. Ba- the bacon. Okay. I was going to say, do you have salted caramel bacon?
2: No, we'll have to do the maple bacon uh, bourbon. Uh, no.
0: Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, it was your suggestion, wasn't it? you talked about oh no it, it was you know? uh, no it wasn't me i was zatar yeah zatar and and a whole bunch of stuff oh, i think it, it was the amy? garlic maybe i think it might have been garlic in it yeah. yeah
2: no it was amy then, then yeah, yeah it was Amy.
0: yeah i yeah i would love to take credit for it but yeah i know the the bourbon one i yeah that was amy i think yeah
1: yeah because she'd done it with or she always wanted to do it as with a donut. donut yeah yeah
0: yeah and so what's what's your favorite if you had to choose one?
1: Um in the sweet ones, probably caramel latte just because I uh love coffee and also um we use a product called gold chocolate which is chocolate where they've um I normally don't, don't like white chocolate at all, but they basically bake it at a really low temperature, the sugar inside it naturally caramelizes and so you end up with this really rich deep flavor. Um and we use that as the ganache. Okay. inside of it, I also tend to favor the ganache fillings myself because it's a slightly different texture. A little bit, like it's more chewy you'd probably say. Um So how many different ones have the ganache inside or filling? Somewhere Yeah, 8 or 10, I think. Okay. And then in the savory ones, um absolutely the white truffle. Oh,
0: the white truffle ones ridiculous. Yeah. That one's that one's super nice. That one's obviously I would imagine it's probably more expensive to make, right?
2: So they all, uh, all in all, at average, we that's like it's a little bit more expensive. Some are a little bit less expensive. Yep. Uh, all in all, we try to stay within a certain bracket because I don't want to start selling some macarons at a certain price, the other one at a, another price. It's I don't want people to come here and be driven by price. I want to have their taste. Yeah, I love that choo- choosing. Uh, that's really smart because if you have someone that is too che- that doesn't want to spend the 25 cents extra for budget, for whatever reason, it's a shame that they're not going to try those flavors. And then in terms of stock, in terms of bringing in, it makes it easier for everybody. And, uh, and I try to keep it, we try to keep our food costs within a certain range and this way, everything is at the same price.
0: And is there any future plans? I mean, you have the classes in Vancouver going on. Are there any, future plans for the location here?
2: We're going to expand the, we're going to, so Victoria used to be the, the test place and then Vancouver would get them. I think Vancouver is going to become the test, test place and Victoria is going to get them. So we're probably going to host some of the, the savory classes, some, uh, some of the workshops, some of the tastings as well. Oh, so you're going to do
0: some of that open face thing here then?
2: I'm hoping the only thing is that here it will be a, An exclusive thing once a month just because of space. Of course. We're going to very, it's going to be way more limited than it's going to be in Vancouver. But yes, I'm hoping that we can bring it to, to Victorians uh, as well. uh, If not right away uh, in a few months. uh, So the Vancouver is going to test it out for us. uh, We're going to make sure that it runs smoothly. And once we have it figured it out, we're probably going to bring it over uh, a little bit over here. So you're going to be spending time over in Vancouver then? I guess. Yes. And, and or is coming. it both of us are going to be there. Be, uh, so yes. the,
0: and, and David will be there as well, right? Oh yeah. They, so I
2: shipped him over, uh, when we open, uh, when we open Vancouver, you're the one that's going to move. I'm like, you're going, <laughs> <laughs> he was, uh, he's looking forward to come back to Victoria. He, he misses Victoria, but with, uh, with all the things happening, uh, he's still in Vancouver, but, yeah. but yeah, no, he's, uh, he's there, uh, 24 seven. Yeah. And, uh, and we're gonna go over, uh, make sure for the organization, the setup, the launch, uh, we're gonna give him a little hand.
0: Okay. And you mentioned you love coffee.
1: Mm-hmm. So if you're getting coffee somewhere, where are you going? Um, I usually go have it just because okay. it's across the street from where I live. And also, I think it's probably the best Cortado in town, but I'm you know, happy to try all of them. So, uh, it's amazing with coffee. Do you do you drink coffee?
0: I uh, yes. Okay, because I I don't really. So I don't really have a, a like a palate for it or an appreciation. But it's amazing how everyone has such strong opinions. I feel like everyone's got like their favorite, um, and it's always interesting to ask people because because I hear when I ask someone, I'll always hear a different name.
2: I miss coffee from back home. Espresso tastes different in France. Really? So Here, what's, what's different that- about it? I don't know, here I find it more acidic. Like, but, but after, uh, I, I, we drink drip coffee here and I still go to Merchies. I, I I'm used to Merchies. <laughs> <laughs> I work there for a long time and I, uh, we get all the, uh, we get some of the teas uh, from there. And so I, I do one stop and they have so many different ones that we've been uh, going on a little world tour. Uh, uh, we've won their coffee so we're having fun
1: let's try yeah the the best coffee i've ever had was in uh this little tiny island off the coast of sweden called Gotland, and it's i think it has everything to do with the fact that um as you were saying like sometimes it's more acidic sometimes it's more alkaline and there it was like the best because uh it's basically like a little nub of limestone that sticks out of the ocean so all the coffee is like su- or all the water is super basic so then when you drink the coffee, you don't get any of the sort of acidity or bitterness. You just get all of like the fr- fruity notes, depending on the coffee or the caramel notes or whatever. And yeah, it was the most amazing drip coffee I've ever had. But uh, yeah, uh, the, otherwise the water was horrible. So <laughs> I don't know. It made great coffee, but it wasn't. Uh, yeah. Okay. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. And if you
0: guys are eating around the city, where do you guys like to go? Because I know, Jan, I've seen you a couple of times at Rap and Roll.
2: Yeah. Takeout. Yeah. It's, I don't live that far from there. Uh, I love it. That's yeah. great. Which
0: shout out to Rap and Roll. I don't want to get into a whole rant about them, but I, that's my personal favorite place in the city. Oh, yeah. For, for like just beyond a food level, it's a human being level. Um, the, uh, them as people is just, they're phenomenal. And then the
2: food matches it as well. Yeah. Uh, the hive we talked, uh, quickly, uh, like, Chicken tenders, uh, poutine, extra sauce. Thank you. <laughs> Every time I go, it's, uh. So what's your favorite burger at the hive? Th- the problem of getting a burger at the hive, it means uh, not getting the tenders and the sauce.
0: Oh, like, so, and you're talking about that, that sesame that, sauce?
2: That sesame ginger sauce. Yeah. Like, uh, I always ask for a second one. Like, I could have anything with, like, so I, I don't know. I, I, I like the, the, the bacon, uh, they have a, a bison. Yeah, the bison uh, burger. Yeah. Yeah. But but I have to admit that most of the time I go for the the, the chicken tenders because I, I think about trying other things and then I I can already taste the, the sauce in my mouth and I'm like, no way, I'm yeah, I'm you, sticking to that. Uh, if you
0: like it that much, I mean it's hard to deviate, right? Oh yeah, no. Could you guys you guys could do that in a macaron with that sauce, could you not? Something like that? Like a ginger sesame potentially. Yeah. Would that work? Yeah, oh, the it? flavor-wise, yeah. I would say. That sounds like that might be his favorite one. He just hasn't had it yet.
2: Yeah, no, it could be. I, I, we've done something like this uh, a very, very long time ago with, like, sesame seeds, seaweed, soya. Yeah. We did, like, uh, I think, I can't remember. Yeah, but no, I, this is uh, amazing. Yeah. And after, but that's on the other side of the spectrum, uh, nowhere. Of course. Like, and that's you i if- if you want to have uh, an amazing evening, uh, especially right now, it's tasting only like you have to take the tasting menu. So you don't think about what you're going to eat. Just go there and be ready to eat. Like, yeah. I mean, it's 10 courses
0: for 70 bucks. Um, oh. At least that's what it was when I yeah. was in there. Same. I think same for me. And, uh,
1: yeah. and so Chris, and you just went there as well. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing. Um, they did this like spiced carrot dessert. I don't normally really like carrot that much or I don't like carrot cake. Um, and now I'm like trying to figure out a way for us to slightly riff on that a little bit to uh, figure out a macaron that'll do them justice. Oh, really? Yeah. That's oh, awesome. It was amazing.
0: Because when I was in there, I went in about a month ago and they had a uh, the house-made almond mac- macaron with uh, um, a spot prawn ceviche in the, as the filling.
2: Oh, uh, when I went there, it was, uh, sea urchins. Yep. Yeah. Like an urchin paste, uh, orange paste. And I think they had sesame black sesame seed in the, in the shell of the macaron. How was that? Oh, it was a French meringue. So it was a bit soft, but the flavor was amazing. that's me uh, on the, like between us, but no, it's, uh, it was, uh, I wish I could do like, see, that's the kind of flavor i wish we could do here yeah but if i start selling a sea macaron people are like yeah and then there's the conservation because because of the the paste that they use in it it makes the macaron beca- become soft much faster than what we use in here so so again that's something like you'd have to do it at a tasting yes yeah. because you can't okay. keep it for three days uh, or two days in the fridge like i mean you know how like they make everything every day over there so yeah no, it, and the, the drink pairing. So you, it, oh, you,
0: so you did the drink pairing?
2: I, I, in this place, I I, I always do because... It's I made the like, mistake of not doing that when I went. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's worth it be, between the, the cocktails that they come up with and all the different wines because I find that they always come up with either the winery that you haven't heard of or if you heard of the winery, it's the one wine that you've never heard or didn't know that they were doing. And in always ways, uh, I think it's worth it. Like,
1: yeah, a hundred percent.
0: Okay. And did you do the wine pairing?
1: Uh, I did the the cocktail. So, or the anything goes pairing. So it's cocktails and wine. Oh, and so, oh so they have like a, that's what they call it. Yeah. So they anything have goes? a, anything goes is the cocktails and wine. And then they had a, I think either a, pretty sure it was a BC specific wine pairing you could do as well. Oh, I see. Okay. And so uh, we went with my mother and uh, so she did the BC wine one. And we did the Anything Goes one because she's not a big cocktail fan. And uh, oh, it was amazing. Just, yeah, their their pairings are fantastic. Um, their cocktails were brilliant. They did a scotch one that just kind of blew my mind. Yeah. And uh, everything went, like, on their own, they were amazing cocktails. And then they just paired perfectly with the food. Like, that's my, I think, probably my favorite thing about them is that everything individually can taste amazing. But then also you know, you put a little bit of everything in and it's just, yeah, it's well, that, fantastic. That's,
0: that's the thing is like when I went, I didn't have the drink pairing and that's, um, in my top three dining experiences of my life, in my opinion. And I didn't even have the, so I can imagine if I had had the drink pairing, it probably would have went to another level. Oh, so yeah. I, like yeah, I, I, I messed think, up uh, basically. Oh, it gives you a I, reason to go back. Yeah, of course. I'm sure. I mean, I, I mean, the thing is like, like, cause I actually just interviewed them two days ago. Um, so that's going to be a, either the podcast before this one or after this one. And um, like Clark was saying, like even partway through the night, if he doesn't like the way something's going, he'll scrap it and he'll change it.
2: Oh yeah. You can tell uh, like the way he's like, you can see when he's cooking, he's doing his thing. And then uh, I think the first time I went there, by the time we reached dinner, they were out of what they had originally planned for that dinner for that dessert. And so they quickly chatted together and like, oh, we can do this. And no, let's do that. Okay. And they came up with something. You would have no idea that they just came up with that. And, yeah. and the, no, it's the crazy a, thing is too,
0: is like before the opening the restaurant, Clark didn't cook. He's not trained. He didn't cook before he opened that place. So, and that place has only been, I forget what he said. I think that was been open for several years because it first started in Ucluelet, and then it came here. So, if you think about that that's that's to me it was crazy I, I That kept going through my head when I was talking to them. I'm like, how yeah. how do you do this this constantly
2: yeah, and like I thought that he was a chef uh 20 years experience, or yeah, no
1: uh, to, to me, they seem like they just respect the ingredients so much, yeah. like everything is just about yeah highlighting flavors, enhancing things. It's like I think that we have such an abundance of flavors here, and I think we're pretty lucky live where we do just there's so many things that are seasonal local close they seem to really respect that it feels like they're you know their menu constantly varies and
2: pre-covid when you could eat at the bar i remember the them telling us how they had just like the pork they had raised it and they had but just butchered it and they were like throughout the meal you were basically eating all the different parts they were going to use everything of that animal no it's a yeah, like you said, there's there's so many things you can eat pretty much only from the island, especially in that time of the year, and uh, we have such good products. So Let's enjoy it. Like, how many different
0: farms do you guys work with for products? You guys
2: work with farms. We're gonna with the freeze dryer more and more because that's gonna yep. allow us to use local products for for quite a bit of things. After here, we work with local store. The main farm that we work with is uh, Happy Valley Farm because we get all our lavender and all the dried herbs, plants, so mint, basil, anything we use, uh, flowers, flowers. Uh, yeah, no, it's, they get us uh, quite a bit of uh, all, uh, all our plants. And after, uh, after it's in Vancouver, all the vendors, uh, a bunch of vendors on the market and, and yeah, like with the freeze dryer, uh, the idea is really to, when it, use the ingredient when, sorry, when it's in season, make, uh, use as, prepare as much as we can, and then rotate through the seasons with the ingredients so that we basically build up a stock of only local products. Do you guys ever do
0: a combination of like, if someone wants to order for a gift, like flowers with macarons or anything
1: like that? For the pyramids behind you, um, we've done in combination with flowers on top across the street. Yep. Um, like wedding towers that are incorporate. So basically flowers.
2: every other row is a, a row of flowers. Oh, that's and so cool. you have about a hundred macarons and the other half are flowers, uh, all around it. Oh, like we've done a lot. We've done uh, wedding favors with them. You can add a, a little. Oh, it was with Happy Valley. We had someone that wanted a little bag, closed with a ribbon, a little stem of lavender in it. Uh, everything. Once again, everything is made in the house in the shop. So it, it it depends on your ideas, your budget, and anything can. Uh... In a way, that must be very
0: like freeing. To just know that you have this freedom to, you know, you're not you're not stuck in this pre or pre-determined box of the here's our flavors. That's it. You can pretty much think of anything, and now especially with that new equipment, um, that must be pretty cool.
2: Oh yeah,
1: it's a new,
2: new, new toy.
1: Yeah, for for me, it's like it's pretty much the most rewarding part of working. I, I before this, I'd done tons of production, worked in commissary kitchens, that kind of stuff, and it was very like production driven. And you know, it's a great way to learn skills. And but I find much more now working with new ingredients, working on the flavors and just working with people doing the classes and tastings and stuff like that. That's for me, the by far the most rewarding part of the job. So connecting with others and yeah. And just, and getting to play with flavors.
2: Well, the, the nice kind of the nice part of the shop after it depends what you, how you are, but everybody does a bit of everything in here because obviously everything is Was pre-COVID. Now it's a bit different. We only have one customer at a time. But before, when the store is busy, when we have a lineup at the front, everybody drops the what they're doing in the kitchen. We come. We help customers. We're all doing customer service. Once it's quiet, if there's no one, everybody goes back in the kitchen. We all, uh, uh, most employees, know how to make the basic stuff, so that. They're not completely stuck if they have to spend a bit of time in the kitchen alone. And so everybody does a bit of everything. We get some a bit of customer service through uh, when we come at the front, when we do the classes. PPA front staff get a bit of kitchen when it's quiet. So it gives a bit of diversity in the job and makes it a bit more interesting uh, all around. That's awesome. And so what,
0: what spots are you going to? I mean, we touched on nowhere, but where else? Where are you eating at? Um,
1: hmm. uh, Nubo. Yeah. Have you gone to the new spot? I haven't yet. I'm. Yeah. Okay. You need to do that. I. It's, it's on my list. Trust me. Um, I'll say that very calmly, but like with an exclamation mark at the end. Yes. Do no, you need to uh, go? Yes. My my girlfriend has made the exact same statement. Um. Yeah, Nubo. Uh, I we live across the street from Foo. Yep. And honestly, they do an amazing job. For what they do like it is yeah i don't think i've ever actually been in there
0: i mean i know where it is yeah it just it's one of those spots that i've actually never gone into caramel or,
1: chicken yeah you should definitely check it out like i i cannot caramel chicken
2: i like it yeah it's uh, the one that i would go for uh but that's uh yeah i, 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 I like would, my sweets i like my caramel we're always going I back to this I was gonna thing. Say, caramel <laughs> seems to be a recurring theme here
1: yeah i'm sticking to it for me it's the uh curried noodle stir fry but um yeah, just like watching what they did sort of during the worst part of the lockdown, man. Like, they were just, I am amazed by the amount of food that they're able to produce out of such a tiny kitchen. Like, it's not much bigger than ours, I don't think. And oh, yeah, like, it, uh, yeah. And the food is delicious and consistent every single time. So, um, uh, bon sushi. Yeah. yeah. And the one on bed? Uh, yeah.
0: I, I when I when people ask me about sushi, and I I kind of think of the thing like if you're introducing someone to sushi, that the like the value for the dollar there is really good, and I I almost think that's like the perfect spot if somebody's new to sushi. I'm like just go there and get some stuff.
2: Oh, they're they're always uh, so busy. Like I remember during COVID, even just reaching them, like to be able to place your order. Like my my wife would try so many times, like just back to back. Like they were just constantly busy yeah but it's great like yeah uh, really there's a ruth and Dean that opened in the uh, esteban village yes not so long ago so they had their table across the the entryway but to get coffee to get uh all their little baked goods uh, they had uh... their hot chocolate crushes
0: I, I had it there we did we did a ctv segment back when mike and i were doing it with joe and they gave me this hot chocolate and i was like what the hell is this <laughs> it's not like any other hot chocolate i've ever had really it was so good
2: I never had their hot
0: chocolate. Really? Um, yeah. It's it's. I don't know what what was different about it, but it was fantastic.
2: Yeah, they had their. Oh, they had, they made a special cake during COVID. They they had a funny name for it, but it, it was really good. Like they their amazing cakes. So Do you ever so. go to Ruth and Dean? Yeah. Oh yeah. The, I so, I go to the Esteban Village one. Cause or, it's, sorry, uh, that's right. It
0: used to be called um, Sunday's Child. Yes. Yeah, and then it, they changed. It. I forgot. Susanna to Ruth took over. And De- yeah. And they changed the name to so Ruth and it's just Ruth and Dean, yeah. uh, but the downtown location.
2: Do you ever go to that one? I've been there once or twice, but uh, I go more to the other one because it's closer, closer okay. to my house. So I'm yeah. happy they opened uh, over there.
0: Because she does, she does an upside down cake occasionally at the downtown here, which I don't know if you've ever had one of those—a pineapple upside down cake. I've had one. I
2: have had pineapple upside down cake, but not from her.
0: Yeah, that. it's it's ridiculous. It, it's like she shouldn't be allowed to even make that because you just want to eat the whole thing. You can't stop if you try a piece
1: of that thing. Yeah, it's so good. And then, before, oh, uh sorry. Part and parcel. Also, if you haven't gone, it is absolutely fantastic.
0: I have to say about part and parcel when when Mike and I would interview people for like our cfac segments, and we we always like we had a predetermined um bunch of questions, and I'd usually ask people like where where do you go and eat? I've done it with these things. And that one would come up the most when talking to chefs, that place. And I think, um, relish was the other one back when that was open. Those are the two that would constantly
1: come up. The chefs would always talk about. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Sorry. I just had to, it popped into my head and I was like, how did I not mention part and parcel? Anyway.
0: Oh, of course. Um, I was going to say before we started the podcast or podcast, you mentioned night diving. Yes. Which I know nothing about. So do you, so do you do this? Like explain what that is. Is it just going and diving oh, it's at just, night? Uh, yeah,
2: it's just going. Uh, like I used to do a lot of diving with uh, with David before up until we opened the shop. We got a bit busy after that, but uh, he's actually uh, um, certified instructor, and I went pretty much to. I'm a dive master, so we we I have uh, I don't know a few hundred dives all around the island. Oh wow! But you can go even just. Uh, at the breakwater, at Ogden, say, you go at Ogden Point. We used to go if you walk all the way to the end. It's a little bit of a hike with all the equipment, but you dive at the end. It's about a hundred hundred feet, maybe a bit more, at the bottom at the end, and then you swim back towards. Uh,
0: isn't there an octopus that lives
2: oh, somewhere else? There's, there? there's yes. Uh, right. There's a, there's multiple octopus. There's uh, they,
0: do they live like so? If you go to the very end where the lighthouse thing
2: is, or the light is, the light tower. Is it straight down from that where they are? There used to be one uh, when you were facing the light lighthouse on the left, just a little bit before. But there's there's how, tons how far of them. down is that where they would be, or where that one was? Seventy
0: feet, something. Okay, and so if you're going down and diving, like because I've never I've never done any diving in my life, what is what is the octopus doing? Does it care that you're there? It's a lot of
2: the times they're in the den, so no. Uh, they're just hiding in their den. Sometimes you see them swimming around. Uh, sometimes they're just on the floor. Uh, you yeah, know, it's just, uh, it's like going to the aquarium. So how big is the <laughs> octopus that's, that's there? I, I haven't been there in a, uh, in a long time. So I don't know about okay. those ones, but they're giant Pacific octopus. You see, you can see some massive ones uh, in the inlet, uh, all over Mackenzie Bight, all this. There's, you can pretty much dive from anywhere around here it drops fairly quickly and uh it's just we were talking about the sensory deprivation and when you do dive in at night uh you you, without your without turning on your flashlight yeah it's same thing like you're in the middle of the dark you don't see anything you just can breathe through your regulator and it's it's an experience yeah i think you would enjoy that then Oh, it's it's just that I, I I don't, I'm not scared of it. It's just that I'm going to start thinking way too much about this, like about everything. Like at least with diving, you just, it's calm. You watch the fish swimming. You try to relax, deep breath. Yeah. The objective is to move the least as possible so that you don't get yourself tired so that you don't breathe too hard so that you keep your oxygen stay longer. And so do do you do diving still or you just don't have time? Uh, David is pushing me to do some. We should go. Uh, no, I I I really enjoy it. I still have all my equipment, uh, so no, so when when
0: you guys get back in the same location or the same city, do you think it'll probably pick back up? Then you and David? Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Because it's easy. We both have all our equipment. It's just getting the tanks filled and then uh, picking a spot and gear up and go diving. Uh, you 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 don't need a boat around here to go diving. So yeah. And then Chris, uh, no, uh,
0: what what are you doing on your time off when you have some time
1: off? uh pickleball
0: okay
2: we picked up pickleball recently
0: i've never played pickleball which one is that again that's with the
1: explain what it is so it's sort of like a hybrid between ping pong and tennis it's played on like a court that's a quarter the size and the paddle is so it's a paddle so it's got a tiny little handle like a ping pong but then the the head of the actual paddle is almost the same size as a tennis racket okay and the ball is hard plastic yeah and it's uh yeah we just started. Uh, I used to play soccer quite a bit, but uh kind of messed my knee up a little bit, and I've been slowly rehabbing it, and then trying to get slim enough to to actually get out and start kicking the ball again. Okay, and
2: so are you playing pickleball
1: as well? Yeah, we. Uh, well, we've been talking about it because I uh,
2: there's I've seen people playing around the different courts uh, around in the parks in town, and I've always, I used to play tennis, and I've played ping pong, I've played a lot of. Sports racket, racket sports, and I was curious of trying this. And Chris also was, so we're like, okay, let's try pickleball. That's awesome. So So you guys are enjoying that? Yeah, it's actually fun. See,
0: I got a rotator cuff problem, so unfortunately, I the the, anything like I used to love throwing footballs, baseballs, all that kind of stuff, and now if I do it, my arm's just a mess for like a week. Yeah, that's not good. It's not good. No. So you guys are good that way then. So far.
2: And I think we are level, you know, we're not throwing <laughs> yeah. anything too hard. So we're, yeah, <laughs> we're
0: like, like swinging as hard as you can, like trying to
2: kill the ball. Uh, <laughs> well, we, we are of us more than, than the others. Yeah,
1: <laughs> It's not uh, guaranteed for success. He's dirty. He's always putting spin on the ball. So I feel like I'm stood behind the baseline trying to put all my effort in just to get it back over the net, you know, and he's just...
0: Okay, well you got a long history though with playing racket sports, eh? Yeah,
2: oh. I, I did play
0: quite a it was
2: a long time ago but I, it comes back.
0: I mean, but the yeah. thing with me like with the racket is cuz you're supposed to hold it so it's like sort of straight at you. The way that I would hold it and the way I think a lot of people do when they don't know is they have the they have it sort of perpendicular to you instead of or no, I'm not wording that properly. Where like you can look at it and you're looking at the the flat side of the um, the racket. I don't know how to describe what I'm saying. Basically, I, I would just I would hold it the wrong way, even. I never got adapted to the way you're supposed to hold it, where you're looking at the edge of the racket.
2: Yeah, no, I, I see. You know what I mean? Holding the, the edge of the racket. I just. Why would you hold it the other way?
0: Well, I, I, I can. For the people that aren't watching this, I could show on here, but people listening, I can't describe what I mean. I think we just abandoned that idea. I just never like, got into it enough as much as I would have liked to. I like watching tennis, though. Tennis is great. It's,
2: it's the it's same thing. It's kind an of mini tennis. Yeah, it's a mini tennis. It's an accelerated uh, tennis because the, the the court is small, so it's like, hop,
1: hop, hop, it keeps going. Yeah, yeah. Also the way we play, because, yeah, I think there's a couple different sort of styles or ways to play. I think a lot of people, it's just all at the net and it's like really, really quick and fast and it's just like volleying it at each other and then, we're because we're sort of easing into it. I don't think either of us are totally ready to charge the net every time. So we okay. we tend to almost play like mini tennis style. So we're a lot more so just back at back the baseline. Forth. Yeah. And then uh I mean, yeah. I do probably twice the amount of running that he does, but uh yeah, we're we're getting there. Yeah, That's but awesome. he's
2: twice as in better shape as <laughs> I am. So in the end we're just as tired, so we're good. Oh even out that <laughs> yeah. That's awesome.
0: Do you guys have anything else you want to mention?
2: Um, we're back. We're, we're back. We're, we're staying open. Uh, classes are back. Uh, Like you said, so four people only, uh, mask, glove, obviously the new usual, but you still live with 40 microns at least pretty much. We still do the tasting. We still try to do, uh, keep it as, uh, enjoyable as possible. And, uh, yeah, if you have crazy ideas, uh, For anchor mom make it at home and bring us one. (laughs) Uh,
1: and I would just say like a huge thank you to, uh, our, our sort of loyal customer base. Um, that I lost count of the number of times people would come in immediately after we reopened and just, we're, we're so grateful to have them be so supportive. I've noticed so many people in Victoria are, you know, determined to shop local and support everyone. And honestly, yeah. Like I, I could not thank people enough. It's, uh, it's, it's been a bit inspiring how much people have kind of rallied together around this through this crazy unprecedented time.
2: Yeah, no, uh, it's, it's really, it's really nice, but that's, and that's the spirit of the shop. Like we wanted this store to do offer something different, but also to have, nice customers Not people come here because they want to be here it's not a product that you need to survive and so we we all most people like we have the nicest customers compared to any other coffee shop places where i worked at. i had way less problems and, and yeah customers are amazing do you have regulars that like
0: you can tell on a certain day at this time this person is going to come yeah
2: yeah how does that feel to be
0: sort of to know that you're like a part of that person's like weekly routine where now you're a part of their life like if you like if you weren't here then they would be there would be something missing for them how does that feel I think it, that's kind
1: of an extension of what you were saying Yeah no um like it's the thing that makes me feel uh really positive about what it is I do is I like we get we as a group get a chance to at least I hope make people happy like yeah. and sort of fulfill this little exactly as Yan said thing that they might not necessarily need to survive, but like it's something that they clearly want. And uh, oh, the,
2: the look of on the face yeah. of someone that tries for the first time a macaron
1: and they're like, Oh, what is that? And you know,
2: and, Oh, that's actually good. Like it's, I've seen it for seven years and I, I'm I'm not tired of it. Every time we do an event where we have a lot of people where it's the first time and you're like, just try it. Uh, have fun. Uh, Oh, oh, that's what it is. Okay, uh, it's uh, the bacon. I like the bacon for me because you start with something really sweet and you finish with something that really tastes like bacon. And people are like, "It doesn't taste like. It doesn't taste. It. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so and you see it lighting up on their face and all those reactions. It's it's only food that can bring you that. Like it's uh, it's fun and and then it's quite more the. Uh, Chris is doing it for the first time tomorrow. I was thinking about it. Uh, I'm nearly missing it because I know exactly. I saw someone placing an order pre-ordering earlier. And I I actually visualized the person, her husband, their kids. uh, I see them every week. Uh, You see people running from the the other side of the field. Be like, okay, I got to stop there. And it's, yeah, it's all those people that you... With Chris, uh, we we start talking about some of the kids that we see over the years that are growing so much. It's uh, all those little things that are quite funny, yeah. and that's incredible. So it sounds like you're going to be sad not to be there tomorrow. Well, uh, sad. Uh, I'll be there the following week, uh, probably. But uh, but yeah, no. It's it's nice to it's nice to see the same people. It's really uh, it's really a nice community, uh, and that's what. The this, this city is uh it's I nice love to it. be in there.
0: So if people want to find out more about Bon Macaron, where should they go?
2: Uh, Instagram, website, com. Okay.
0: Check
2: it out there? Yeah. Okay. And normally are sure we uh, Or I come have, and uh, visit us. Yeah. Uh, b- best way, 1012 uh, Broad Street. Across yeah. the street from Pagliacci. Everybody 100%. knows Pagliacci. And, I mean, they got the
0: showcase here with tons
2: of flavors. Come in and try a few
0: be adventurous. Try, try one you might, might not think you would like, but get it anyways. Cause you're probably going to, you're going to appreciate it. Oh yeah. So we're all, we're just under an hour and a half here. Um, thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank thank you. you so much. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess I still haven't worked out this outro. I keep saying this at the end of these things. I don't have a proper outro. So if you want to follow what I'm doing, go to vicfoodguys.ca. And if you've made it this far, please give a like or follow on whatever platform you're watching this or listening to this on, that would be uh, greatly appreciated. But thank you again, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll see everyone else next Tuesday. Bye.